good day, and welcome to the ESPN Media Conference call with Mel Kuyper, Jr. Today's conference is being recorded. At this time, I'd like to turn the conference over to Allie Stoneberg. Please go ahead, ma'am. Thank you, Melissa. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. This is the first of many NFL draft calls for this year, and we're excited to get started. Before we begin, I have a favor to ask. Just like last year, we're striving to make these calls very efficient. So if you would please skip the high hellos and start right away with your question, that would be a great help. This helped us get through more questions last year, so thank you in advance. We'll begin first with a question from Andy Biter at the Roanoke Times, followed by Jeff Shudell with the News Herald. Hey, Mel. Uh, I had a question about a couple of Virginia Tech guys. I saw you had Bucky Hodges as your top tight end on your latest big board. I wonder what you see in him so much to put him that high, and also Isaiah Ford, if he were to declare, uh, what you think of him as a receiver? Yeah, Andy, as far as Hodges, when you're that big and that athletic and that fast and you flashed big-time ability, you're going to have a pretty high grade. Now, you'd like to see more consistency. You'd like to see him you know, at times you know, fight a little more and show a little bit more, you know, I wouldn't say competitiveness, but obviously maximize that ability on a more of a of play-by-play, a game-by-game basis. So you know, I think you look at where he can be. I think he's probably got, got some more upside than he's shown. Uh, but I think uh, you know, if he comes out, he's got a chance to be, depending upon how he tests, and he should test off off the charts to be a, right in there with O.J. Howard to see who will be the first tight end drafted. Uh, as far as Isaiah Ford, you've got to love his work ethic, his passion for the game, and the way he's played. Uh, if he tests well, he could be, I think, probably more of a second-round pick. There's a lot of good receivers in this draft. He's number six overall right now of the draft-eligible guys, so that would pretty, uh, pretty much solidly in round two. Jeff Shudell is next, followed by Josh Stern with 24-7 Sports. Hey, Mel, I want to ask about two of our guys, Mitch Trubisky and Kareem Hunt. Why do you have Trubisky, uh, the top quarterback, and where do you think Kareem, what do you think about Kareem Hunt and where will he go? Yeah, he's got a chance in a strong running back group to still be. He's just borderline for me, Jeff, of the top ten running backs. And there's some really good ones, and some of these juniors may not come out. So, uh, you know, you look at what he's done production-wise. I love the way he goes about his business out there. He's the kind of kid who moves the chains. I, I think he's got a chance to be one of the top ten running backs in this draft, uh, after all said and done. Uh, you know, he could end up being in that third, fourth round range very easily. Uh, Trubisky, we talked about a lot. You know, only 13 career starts is what he would end with if he decided to come out. I have him 16th on the big board. I think he's a first-round talent. I'd love to see him go back to North Carolina for another year. Uh, so if he does, he could be the first pick overall in, in next year's draft, you know, 2018 draft, not this coming year's draft. So, uh, you know, take a kid with only 13 career starts in the first round. It hasn't happened. I mean, Sanchez had 16, Cam Newton had 14, plus he had the Juco level at Blinn. He had been in Florida. Uh, you know, Achilles Smith had 19 career starts. So, yeah, we've had quarterbacks with fewer starts that you know, didn't go in the first round. But for a first-round quarterback and maybe a top-ten pick and number-one pick overall, 13 career starts has got to be a, a little bit bothersome. Josh Stern is up, followed by Chris Justemski from Philadelphia Magazine. No, what, what, what type of uphill battle is Will likely facing coming, coming back from an injury? What type of battle does he have? What does he have to do to get drafted? And, and do you see any other Maryland players, have any other Maryland players caught your eye potentially going in the draft this year? 
Well, I think in terms of the cornerback position, it's, one, it's going to be one of the deeper and better positions in this draft. So if he can come back, and I think he probably, you know, they'll have the medical technology the way it is now. These kids do come back a lot quicker than you would have thought years ago. And you know, if he does, with his return skills uh, and the fact that he was a really good, he can be a really, I think, a good nickel dime corner in this league. Uh, you know, he's got a chance uh, still to, to move back up. And, and try to get a position somewhere, you know, in the first, say, four to five rounds of the draft. And probably would have said a little earlier if it wasn't for the depth of this draft at that particular position. I mean, there's it goes 12 to 15 deep with third-round guys, first, second, third-round guys. So that's what hurts him a little bit is the, is the great talent at that position this year. But he's an active a player, and the, and the return skills are dynamic. So uh, that alone could put him, you know, maybe a round higher than normal. So I'm still hoping he can go within the first five rounds of the draft. And he's the marquee guy. There's nobody else really of confidence consequence uh, in the early portion of the draft from Maryland this year. Chris Jastrzemski is next, followed by Andy Grader with the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Mel, with one of the weak spots for the Eagles is cornerback. Is this a good cornerback draft in 2017, and should the Eagles probably get a cornerback in that first round? Yeah, it's the best. It's one of the best positions uh, in terms of having as many as. I mean, you could be looking at five first-round corners. You could be looking at four to five second-round corners. We just talked about how much depth there is into the third, fourth round. There's going to be some good players that even drop a little further than that because of the talent at that spot. Uh, there's some kids that might end up playing safety. Desmond King at Iowa could be a cornerback safety type. Chidobey uh, uh, Awuzie from Colorado, cornerback, could move to safety. Uh, so there's going to be some combo guys there. But I think when you look at two Florida kids, Wilson and Tabor. You look at Humphrey at Alabama, Lattimore at Ohio State. Lattimore, I think, is the best pure corner. I think he'll be the first cornerback taken if he comes out as a third-year sophomore. you got experienced guys, seniors, who wisely went back uh, for their final campaigns, like Tredavious White at LSU and Jordan Lewis at Michigan, Cordray Tankersley at Clemson. Uh, Kent Desmond King went back at Iowa for his senior year. So, and you got, and you got a dynamic guy like uh, Dory Jackson from USC, just a playmaker, but he needs some work still at corner, but uh, he's, a, he's an enormous talent, uh, so it would be interesting to see how teams view him. Sidney Jones and Kevin King, the two corners at Washington. Uh, DeMonte Casey, the corner from San Diego State, a nice player. So uh, there's a lot of corners, so if you need one, this will be the year to get one. We'll go to Andy Grader, followed by Aaron Brenner with the Charleston Post and Courier. Looking at the, uh, the Minnesota Gophers, they're one of five teams to have a DB drafted in the last three drafts. Um, they've got a couple this year in, in safety, Demarius Travis and Jalen Myrick. We talked about the, the depth of these positions. Are you familiar with these guys? Are these more third-round guys? And what about the reputation the Gophers might be creating uh, with quality DBs? Well, I think you know. I don't know if you, you view it as uh, developing a reputation. I think there's there's been some talent at that position over the last couple of years. We've seen guys come in and and play. Bodie Calhoun's playing right now. So yeah, I think they have a chance on day three. It depends on how they test. Obviously, the combine's going to be important. Pro days are important. But with the depth at that spot, uh, Richardson certainly had a big year along the defensive line. Uh, they got players on both sides of the ball. Leidner, I'm not as high on maybe as as you thought you would be at this time when you started back in August. I think he's more of a late round guy. I'm not sure if he's going to be at the senior bowl or not, but that would be a week that could help him. But uh, I think in terms of the DBs, you're looking at day three, but certainly kids that can play. And, and the fact that they had guys that have come out of that program at that position doesn't hurt you, but I don't think it's that, uh, that's something that's uh, the wow factor to say, okay, we've got to start getting guys from that spot because of this position. Uh, sometimes that's not always the best thing when you do it for that reason. So uh, it does get some attention, but at the end of the day, it's about these individual talents of these players. 
Aaron Brenner is up, followed by Matt Bonnesteel with the Washington Post. Mel, covering some Clemson guys, first and foremost, your thoughts on Deshaun Watson and why he has slid down draft boards, and then just a, a couple of intriguing uh, guys, your, your thoughts on Artavis Scott, the receiver, and Ben Bowler, the linebacker. Yeah, in terms of Watson, you know, this, the, the start was a little shaky, uh, the decision-making, uh, you know, some interceptions, they threw in uh, two or more interceptions in four games, uh, did have the hot finish, uh, red-hot finish, no doubt about that. Uh, getting Mike Williams back after not having him last year, you thought was going to take this offense to another level. It didn't. Now, late in the year, they really hit their stride. So it'll be interesting to see how he finishes up in these last, hopefully for them, two games uh, coming up. So, uh, yeah, he's got a chance still uh, to maybe get into that late first, early second round discussion. Right now he's not there yet, I don't believe. I don't think there's a first-round quarterback outside of Mitch Trubisky from North Carolina. And as I said, I hope he goes back for another year. So, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson right now I think still has some work to do to climb back up. But I think the last few games, those last two games certainly helped his position. Scott you know, has flashed. I mean, uh, you, know, you like to see a guy go out there and, and take over, and Mike Williams has been able to do that. He's been kind of a secondary uh, presence there. He's, he should test extremely well, and he could end up being in that third to fourth round mix. And Bullware is just a guy who goes out and does the job in a very consistent, uh, determined way. Uh, you love his effort. You love his competitiveness. Uh, you know, he's a guy who probably would fit that overachiever label, but he's, to me, a good day three pick for somebody. as a backup uh, linebacker who could start in a pinch and do a pretty good job for you. So I you have to like the way that he's produced. You like to have to, the way he's been out there durability-wise, consistency-wise, and, and making plays. So, you know, Bullware's one of the, uh, the guys you look at probably on day three. We'll go to Matt Bonestier, followed by Joey Kaufman with the County Register. Mel, where do you, what are your thoughts on Joe Mixon if he decides to go? And do you think NFL teams are going to be wary uh, considering the video that's probably going to be coming out in the next month or two? That's the individual team's talent. Uh, a lot of times, on the, you know, is, is certainly there. I mean, you see the, what he, how he was able to play late this year. I mean, the, the, the awesome talent he possesses is, uh, is you know, just fun to watch. He's a, he's a great running back, no question about that. Uh, each team has to go about that in their own way and, and try to figure it out and, and, and get to know the kid and, think, and go do the background checks and talk to everybody, do your due diligence as they do with everybody. And uh, teams will view players differently in that regard. Uh, you know, we see that all the way. Look at Matthew Drop till the third round, goes to Arizona. Patrick Peterson told him, hey, take him. I'll take him under my wing. I'll make sure everything's in. Look what's happening. He's a great – he's made all, all pro already. So, uh, you know, some other players have had issues coming out. They have issues continuing. So that, that's something – 32 teams are going to have probably uh, varying opinions on players that have some issues beyond what they are doing on the football field. We'll go to Joey Kaufman, followed by Eric Williams with ESPN.com. No, I wanted to ask about the two of USC's juniors. One, you mentioned Adoree Jackson needing some work. What's, how did teams view him? And, uh, and Juju Smith-Schuster is another receiver who's talked about maybe as a first-round guy. What's, how, how highly is he thought of? Yeah, I think with Adoria, you know, sometimes concentration. Uh, you, know, you think about consistency with technique, and all those things allow uh, you know him to have, you know, struggle at times in coverage and allow some things to happen in coverage. It's a kid with his ability really shouldn't, but then he makes the big play, and then it's all forgotten. So, and he's got the ability to maybe play, help you out on the offensive side. The return game, he's spectacular. Uh, you know, he's got so much ability that you're going to, you know, coaches are going to, and the coordinators are going to look at him and say, "Hey, bring him in. We can obviously work with a kid with that kind of upside." Um, 
I think in terms of, of Juju Smith-Schuster, he's got the body control. He's kind of a, a power forward. He gets position. He doesn't get a lot of separation. Uh, you know, you'd like to see a little more burst, a little bit better explosiveness out of his break. But, you know, you know again, these USC receivers, a lot of them have, you know, been underwhelming in the NFL that we've had pretty decent grades on. So I think that's something we talked about. Hey, how can a, a school and the position and the run on a position and year-to-year having guys affect? And USC wide receivers haven't really, you know, proven to be, for the most part, as good as they were advertised to be coming out. So with him, uh, you, know, you know, you just wonder about will cornerbacks in the NFL kind of be in his hip pocket? Will they be, will he be able to get the separation, open up that little window for a quarterback to throw into? But he's a competitive kid. He, he catches the ball. He, you know, he competes for the ball. And, uh, you know, he's got the size. He'll be that power forward type number two receiver. If you have a speed guy on the other side, he would fit the bill. I don't think he's a one. I think he's, a, he's opposite a speed guy, a down-the-field threat. Uh, he could be a nice option in the uh, short intermediate areas for you. We'll go to Eric Williams, followed by Alan Buchanan. Hey, Mel. Thoughts on the Chargers draft class this season with Joey Bosa at the top and then a couple of areas of need that they'll need to address next year. Well, I think when you look at the top of the board, uh, you know what they were able to do, and that you, you got to hit on those picks. I mean, those are the ones that you know you can't miss when you have an early pick like that. And Joey Bosa right now is one of the best five rookies in the NFL. I mean, he's been a, a dynamic presence. Hunter Henry was in the top ten. He's dropped back a little bit. They haven't gotten him the ball as much as maybe they could, but uh, certainly he's he's right there, top twenty, I think, rookies right now. That was the way I would view him. Maybe eighteen to twenty on that list right now, and that's up there. Just updated it, uh, you know, yesterday and today. Uh, Jatavis Brown, I'm keeping on the list because he's been hurt, but uh, you know he was tremendous until he got hurt. Uh, and of course they got Kayser with the punter and then Watt. But uh, I think Jatavis Brown, Henry, and Bosa uh, kind of made their draft, no question about it. And then Trevor Williams, undrafted out of Penn State, uh, has done a heck of a job as well as a, as a nickelback, undrafted free agent, makes the team and is contributing heavily. So got to give Trevor an awful lot of credit. I knew Trevor very well. He went to the same high school I came out of, Calvert Hall here in, in, in Baltimore, and he's done one, one whale of a job. So you got to give him credit. They have had a, a solid draft overall, and uh, if you look at the, the certainly the need areas going in, uh, and this is where again this team is sitting there, you know, where they're going to be selecting, uh, you know, looking at various options. But I would say right now, uh, you know, bringing another wide receiver, uh, you know, Keenan Allen's had the, the durability concerns, uh, you know, staying healthy has been an issue. Offensive line, we say it every year, an offensive line, uh, you know, you know, maybe multiple offensive line picks. And uh, a young quarterback at some point would be bad. But I think wide receiver in the offensive line on that side. And yeah, defensively, you got the guys off the edge. You can rush the quarterback and get pressure on the quarterback. Uh, you know, the secondary, you can always use another player back there. So I'd say probably a defensive back, wide receiver, and offensive line. Alan Buchanan is up, followed by Jason Galloway with the Wisconsin State Journal. Yeah, Mel, aside from Miles Garrett, what would you think about the draft prospects of some of the other Texas A&M players? Well, I think in terms of uh, the defensive backs, I think that's where, again, you're looking at some options there as to where these kids, you know, what they're going to do and if they do come out, how they test. But I think Evans has a chance, Justin Evans has a chance to be a, a guy you look at in that third, fourth round uh, discussion. Uh, I think Donovan Wilson, with his versatility, uh, certainly has a, an awful lot of talent. Uh, Hall coming off the edge, he's a, he's a natural pass rusher. He's been productive there. Uh, he would be one. Washington, the linebacker, would be another. But, uh, you know, certainly uh, you look at, uh, I think, Hall, I think Evans and Wilson would be very intriguing uh, for various reasons. Jason Galloway, followed by Bill Rabinowitz with the Columbus Dispatch. 
Now, I wanted to ask you about a couple of Wisconsin juniors who could oh, come sure. out, uh, Ryan Ramchek and, and T.J. Watt. Uh, what are kind of your, your thoughts on those two players, where they could go if they come out, and, and do you think either of them could, could really benefit from coming back for another year? Ramchek, I think, you know, with the offensive tackle position being the way it is, it probably would be a good year to maybe think about coming out. There's just, there's just no, that's the one position that's pretty weak. Uh, we talked about the cornerback depth. Uh, Cam Robinson from Alabama, if he comes out, it's probably a mid first, maybe top, maybe 10 to 15, top 10 to 12 at best. Ramchick would be next in line. I mean, let's see what Garrett Bowles does at Utah if he comes out. Orlando Brown at Oklahoma. McGlin- Mike McGlinchey at Notre Dame had said he may go back. Uh, so if he, then you have Deion Dawkins at Temple. Those are your top tackles. And Dawkins has a third-round grade. Bowles has, in my opinion, a second-round grade. Brown, a second-round grade. I think another year at Oklahoma would really help him. Ramchick, to me, is more of a late one, early two. Um, you know, he, you know, he's a guy who can move you off the ball and can pass protection. He's good. I don't think he's great. You saw him late in that game uh, this past weekend. Uh, have a little few struggles in pass protection, but uh, yeah, he certainly, uh, you know, is in that mix. Uh, I'd say right now on the big board, he's not in the top 25. He's borderline uh, top 25. Almost put him in there. Uh, you know, but he's probably right now, if you had to go down the line, he would be like 30, 31 overall. So he's got that late first, early second round possibility, which in this draft may push him up a bit because there's not that many. And if he's the best, the second best offensive tackle, he could go a little higher than that. So this is a year where if you're an offensive tackle, you might think about it because of, like I say, the lack of, of quality talent at the top of the draft at that position. Bill Rabinowitz, followed by James Crapia with AL.com. Well, once again, Ohio State could have a lot of underclassmen come out again. You've already talked about Lattimore. What's your opinion of, of Malik Hooker, Taekwon Lewis, Connolly, and, and Raquan McMillan? And also, what about J.C. Barrett? You know, I would say for uh, you know some of these guys, it'd be best to go back. Uh, Malik Hooker uh, is a guy who's tremendous in coverage, really good, good ball skills. Uh, you know, but you know he's not the most aggressive, great as far as tackling and and throwing his body around. So I think another year, uh, you know, for a player to get more experience and round off his game. McMillan's probably as good right now as he'll be next year in terms of his draft grade. Uh, he's another borderline first round pick. Conley, if Lattimore leaves, to be the lead corner for a year would be a, a good thing. So I think, uh, you know, if Lattimore does leave, then it would be open up his, his chance to be a, uh, the real guy there, the number one guy there. And Lewis has shown that pass rush ability. Another year certainly wouldn't hurt him. So I think with McMillan, if he came out, it, it may not change that much, that dramatically between this year and next year for the type of linebacker he is. Uh, and there's not that many. If you look at the inside linebackers in this draft, you know, after Reuben Foster, he comes in number two. So, you know, you're the second-best inside linebacker this year. Yeah, going back, you could be the best. But, uh, you know, we saw Reggie Ragland drop to the second round. So uh, last year coming out of Alabama, which you thought would be a first-round grade, turned out to be a second-round uh, pick for the Buffalo Bills. So uh, I would say for McMillan, maybe, uh, you know, think about uh, coming out. And for Hooker and for Conley, I think going back's a plus. James Crapia, followed by Michael Mizzolik with the Ledger Inquirer. One of your thoughts on three Auburn players, Mel, uh, starting with Carl Lawson and then Montrevious Adams and Cameron Petway. 
Yeah, I mean, all three are, are really good prospects. I mean, if Lawson could have just stayed healthy his whole career and uh, and maximize all that ability on a game-to-game basis, he'd have been a top 10 to 15 guy. He's still, in my opinion, the eighth-best defensive end, and he's been as high as four or five. So I think he's got a chance to be in the first-round discussion. I think I'd be more with a second-round grade right now. Montrevious Adams really came on uh, and played really well down the stretch. He's the sixth-highest-rated defensive tackle for me. Uh, he's got a second-round grade. And for Petway, you know, Again, he had that injury late in the year, but uh, he was um, unbelievable up until that point. Uh, he just runs over people, and he's got some quickness. Uh, yeah, he's right now would be in that top 12 running backs. If he was completely healthy all year, maybe he would have been in that 6, 7, 8 range. So he could have been in the second, third round discussion uh, You know, had he finished out strong. So, yeah, that's a tough call for a running back. You know, there's going to be probably four running backs in the first round. It looks like three to four more in the second. He would be in that mix. So I think all three of those kids go with within the first, I know Lawson, first two rounds, maybe the first. Uh, I would say Adams, second, third, second round possibility. And for Petway, running backs drop a little bit further. When you get in that second round, third round mix, it depends on who's going to take a running back at that point with not many teams in the NFL really needing one. Michael Nazola, followed by Matt Charbonneau with the Detroit News. Uh, sticking with Auburn, you have uh, Daniel Carlson as your top kicker. Uh, he yep. might not go out, but what round do you have him kind of projected at, and how much has the uh, extra point changes kind of raised the value of uh, top-tier kickers? There's a lot, uh, an awful lot. You see, uh, like a, I'm here in Baltimore with Justin Tucker, who's, a, I think, a future Hall of Famer, best kicker I've ever seen. Uh, Jan Stenerud did a great job. Jan Stenerud, when I was growing up, was the great kicker and Hall of Famer, and he's right there. I mean, Adam Vinatieri would be right there as well. Uh, I think Carlson's got a chance to be a really good kicker. Will it be as good as those guys? Who knows? But, yeah, I think that certainly makes you look at it a little closer. But you've got to be careful. Uh, Aguayo uh, you know, struggled a little bit last year, wasn't as good as he had been the previous two years. They traded up to get him in the second round. Tampa Bay did, and Aguayo has had a major issue, been a major problem for them, uh, you know, putting the ball through the uprights. And uh, that's what you've got to be careful. I, I wouldn't take a kicker too high, but if Carlson came out, how high could he go? Aguayo went second round. And Carlson's grade's right in there. So I would say probably, I can't say, I would probably say if I had to project it right now for Carlson, I'd say third round with the possibility of being a second. Matt Charbonneau followed by Andy Gallagher with TSJ Sports. Hey, Mel, I'm curious about Malik McDowell of Michigan State. Uh, he's yeah. coming out a year early. Uh, a highly, you know, rated guy before the season, but, you know, had some injuries coming in and out of games this year. I, I guess where, where, where do you look at Malik at this point coming out? You know, he's still, uh, you know, at 15 on the big board. He had been as high as 4-5 in that area. Uh, I just didn't see it this year, and I understand that, you know, you look at it and there's other reasons why a player on the interior doesn't have the production. But, uh, you know, you look at, at McDowell, I think technique work, you know, I think consistency, uh, the playing that with a high motor every play, uh, all those things, the talent's there. You see it. I mean, when he's all out and he's doing the right thing technically and he gets the leverage he needs uh, and he's using his hands, he can really do a job for you. But uh, and you got versatility with him too. I mean, you can move him around and uh, bring him from different areas. Uh, he's going to have that scheme versatility. A lot of defensive line coaches want, which all of them want. So I think that's the plus. Uh, I, I thought top five at one point. I don't think that now, but I do think on talent and on what you see in some games, uh, that'll be enough to get him into the middle of the first. Andy Gallagher, followed by Chris Solari with the Detroit Free Press. Hey, Mel, you have four running backs in your top 25. Uh, do you mm-hmm. think they're all three down feature backs at the next level? You could probably try. No, I think they, they could be. I, you know, they certainly, Fournette, 
uh, Dalvin Cook of compared to Jamal Charles. Uh, Deontay Foreman is a powerhouse. You'd like to see him get more receptions coming out with more than seven receptions this past year. So during his pro day, they're going to work on and see what type of hands he shows. That's what's going to be important for Deontay Foreman, to show that he can be a consistent threat coming out of the backfield catching the ball because he only had seven catches. Cook can do everything. Dalvin Cook can. He's explosive, as I said. He, to me, is a Jamal Charles type. Fournette draws comparisons to Adrian Peterson. Christian McCaffrey is a do-it-all, can beat you in a multitude of ways, Everybody in this league likes versatile players, and he's versatile. He can punt, return, kick, return, catch, block, run. He can do it all. He's one of the hard, he'll be one of the hardest workers on your football team. So I got to believe McCaffrey, you know, sneaks into that late. And he should test well too. I think he can sneak into the late first. So you have Fournette right now on the big board at number two. Uh, you have Cook at number eight. You have Foreman at number 12, and McCaffrey would come in around 26, 27. So, like I say, four potential first-rounders at running back, and, uh, and all of them are, are really good. I just, you just you know, have to wait and see on some of these underclassmen. We don't have accurate measurables on any underclassmen until they, you know, they have their, uh, their pro days and they get weighed and measured there. So until that happens, you're going on estimates, but all three, all four of those kids, all four being underclassmen look really good. Chris Valeri, followed by Dwayne Franken with the Montgomery Advertiser. What can you tell me about uh, Jordan Lewis? Uh, kind of not getting the hype that maybe Jabril Peppers and, and uh, Jake Butt are right now. And uh, from Michigan State side, do you see Monte Nicholson as a potential guy who could go early? In terms of uh, you know the Michigan kids, you know, Lewis has been a steady, consistent player. Uh, does he have some of the wow factor that some of the other kids do? Uh, I didn't see that. I have him sixth right now at corner. Uh, Peppers is the number one safety, slightly ahead of Jamal Adams. Uh, so I think that right now I would say Lewis has a chance. Uh, I'm anxious to see what he runs and how he tests. Uh, but I think he has a chance to be a first-round pick. You could have a, a lot of corners uh, going in round one. He's certainly one of those guys. Jake Butt, uh, yeah, I want to see what he runs. I think 40 times is going to be very important for him uh, to see what does he run, how does he come in speed-wise, because there's it's a lot of competition at tight end this year. I talked about O.J. Howard and Bucky Hodges, not to mention Cole Hickettini at Louisville and Jordan Leggett at Clemson. So it's a lot of uh, tight ends. Uh, what he runs, I think, will determine whether he's a second-round pick or he drops uh, to the fourth-round area uh, in terms of uh, – and another player that I like at Michigan we haven't even discussed is Ryan Glasgow, the defensive tackle, and also – uh, the defensive end who really finished strong as a pass rusher, Taco Charlton. I think uh, Charlton could be in, in, in the late first, early second round discussion. And Glasgow, I have a third round grade on right now. Dwayne Rankin, followed by Scott Dotterman with Land of Ten. Yes, Mel. I want to ask about Alabama, obviously. Um, sure. Just, first, you got Cam Robinson. You mentioned him earlier. Do you feel like his draft stock? Is part of this because of what happened with the arrest in May? Is that, is that going to affect him as far as where, where he gets drafted if he decides to come out? Oh, I think they'll check into everything from that standpoint. I think just think on ability and the way he played, uh, he certainly got better and better as the year went along. His grade actually was high, fell back, and then climbed up again. So he kind of was like a roller coaster back and forth, you know, up and down. But up, you know, he certainly right now is, I think, because he's the best offensive tackle, has a chance still to go top 10 to 15. I'm at 13 right now on the big board. He's a left tackle, projects the right tackle uh, in the NFL, kind of like that Andre Smith type. But, uh, yeah, he, he really played played well late in the year. I like what I saw in a number of games that I studied of Cam Robinson. That really helped him uh, move back up there. So, yeah, he's got a chance to be a, a pretty high pick. And like I said, the first offensive tackle off the board. 
Scott Dodderman, followed by Tommy Birch with the Des Moines Register. Yeah, Mel, I wanted to ask you a little bit about a couple of the Iowa guys in particular. Mm-hmm. Desmond King, Jaleel Johnson, C.J. Beathard. What do you see out of them? What do they project? And what can they be at the next level? You know, King, with the ball skills he has and the ability to be a corner or safety, uh, he could go. Now, we have to see what his speed turns out to be. How fast is he? Uh, how explosive is he? I think that's going to be important athletically and speed-wise uh, to see if he can be a corner in the NFL. If he can, he can project inside with his tackling ability. So, yeah, he's uh, – I, I have a second-round grade on, on Desmond King right now. Uh, Jaleel Johnson, I've been back and forth on uh, – yeah, being a little underwhelmed as the year went along. So uh, I think with the defensive tackle position being pretty good, he's right now, for me, more of a fifth-round type of pick. And Beathard, the same thing. Uh, started out the year hopeful that he would be in that uh, top five to eight quarterbacks overall, and right now he's not in the top ten. Uh, we'll have to see if he's uh, able to go to the senior bowl or not. But I have a late-round grade on C.J. Beathard right now. Tommy Birch, followed by Ryan Dunleavy with NewJersey.com, if he's still on the line. Wanted to get your take on uh, Alan Lazard coming back for a senior season, uh, how high his stock could improve for next year's draft, and then if there's any Iowa State guys that you could see getting drafted this year. Well, he's, it's good to, I think that he's going back. Uh, you know, with his kind of size and overall ability, uh, he could have a, a pretty good grade next year. Uh, and I think you know, he'll have an extra year to work on his skill set and, and, and keep improving. So I was, you know, you're always happy to see some guys that aren't going to go in the first couple rounds go back and try to improve their stock and then move back up into that mix, which is what he wanted to do. So I got to, some kids make decisions that you kind of you know, wonder about, and that, in this case, uh, I was happy to see him go back. And he's the main guy. He was the one we were waiting for. He's the one that has the chance to be the early-round pick. And by going back, maybe he can move up a round or two. Ryan has disconnected, so we'll go to Mike Vorrell with the South Bend Tribune, followed by Joe Christensen with the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Hey, Mel, I wanted to ask about if you can elaborate on your evaluation on Deshaun Kaiser and also two other Notre Dame guys, Mike McGlinchey and Quentin Nelson, if they were to come out. Yeah, I mean, I'll just go to Nelson first. Uh, you know, he's, he's look at the guards and the way he plays and, and the aggressiveness he shows and the consistency from week to week. You know, I, there, I thought he would be a little more dominant in some games than he was, but uh, he's a good football player, and he's the best guard. And in a, in a class that's not bad, actually. Uh, there's some of these guys are tackles are going to project the guard like Forrest Lamp at Western Kentucky. But overall, if you got to say if he came out, I think he'd still be in the late first, early second round mix. If he goes back, I think he can go a little higher. So I think by going back, he can upgrade his stock. He can improve his stock from where it is. Uh, I think McGlinchey, uh, it's a tough call because, as I said, it's not many offensive linemen. He was, I think, good, not great this year. Uh, I had some games where I went through it was a couple iffy uh, performances there in terms of being a first-rounder, others where he did look like a first-round pick. So uh, if he goes back, I think he'd round it off and become more consistent and go in round one. He's still a possibility, more so because there aren't many offensive tackles this year. Kaiser, you know, and I, I'm a big Notre Dame fan. I watch their game six times every week. So, uh, you know, Kaiser to me, you know, is it the offense that didn't suit him? And he didn't seem comfortable in that offense, and he didn't have great talent around him, and he didn't put up the numbers you thought, uh, and he didn't have the kind of year you thought. But, you know, you, know, you look at the talent and the ability of a kid that's that big and has that kind of arm and, is, and will work hard and has the movement skills he does in the pocket, I, he's going to be intriguing. If you can get him at the right point in the draft, and I'm not saying first round, if you can get him in the second round and develop him, then I think you have something. First round is a little rich for me considering the kind of year he had. 
Uh, if you can't get it done at a high level in college, you know, are you going to expect him all of a sudden just because the offense wasn't really ideal for his skill set? Are you going to blame it all on that? So I, you know, I'd like to see him go back for another year. Uh, you keep hearing that he may come out if he does. Yeah, he'll get in the first-round discussion because of talent. He'll, I'll have a second-round grade on him probably more than likely. But uh, it wouldn't shock me teams to reach for quarterbacks, stretch it for quarterbacks, overdraft quarterbacks all the time. And maybe they will with a, a, a talented kid like Deshaun Kaiser. Joe Christensen, followed by Susan Miller with the Miami Herald. Hey, Mel, you touched on Stephen Richardson from Minnesota earlier. What do you, what do you think the pros, pros and cons would be for him to come out this year? Also uh, from Minnesota, Jonah Kirk is a tackle. Yeah, I looked at when Richardson, yeah, I'd say it's better to go back because the defensive tackle position is so good this year. It's uh, Like I say, it's, it's one of the best positions in the draft, potentially, and you would have think that some of these underclass, Caleb Brantley, if he comes out, McDowell's already said he is, Walker from Oklahoma is, about to wait and see on Davin Godshaw from LSU. But warmly at Michigan, you got Watkins and Clemson, all these kids are really good. So I think with Richardson, while I liked everything I saw about him, uh, you know, this year I think another season could put him up in that top, you know, five to eight defensive tackles overall. And certainly at that point, you're looking at a, you know, a two or three round bump from where he is right now, which is significant. Susan Miller-Degnan, followed by David Hood with TigerNet. Hey, Mel. Brad Kaya, uh, quarterback, University of Miami, mm-hmm. is deciding, as you know, whether to turn pro early. What would be your suggestion to him? How would you rate him and describe him? And also... The same with tight end David Njoku, who's a redshirt sophomore, right. mm-hmm. and tailback Joseph Yearby, who last year had over 1,000 yards but was bumped as a starter by sophomore Walt, Mark Walton this year, but we think he's going to turn pro, Yearby. But first, Kai is the most important. Yeah, I think you look at Kai, uh, yeah, the toughness you love. Uh, he's, he stands in there, and he's, yeah, again, uh, another year, I think it would help him. Uh, you know, continue to get it better with Mark Rick there. Um, you know, coming out this this year, if he does come out, you're looking probably at a third round type, maybe second round, depending upon how the workout, the pro day goes. Uh, but I really think if you're not a first round pick, you know, go back. Uh, you know, and, and try to get to that point. As I said, that's something that I think can be achieved uh, with a good year. Uh, Trubisky limited starts. Kai has had more, but I think another season in that offense uh, would help him. Uh, and they're going to keep bringing in talent there. They had one of their receivers was hurt, missed the whole year. So they're going to have a building. The Joku, I think the tight end position is so good uh, this year. There's so many entities there that have a building. Another year certainly would be a plus for a young tight end like that. Uh, I understand running backs that get the tread on the tires, and they've already shown they can do it. Running backs, if you come out, though, and you go late, are you okay with that? That's where, again, you know, if you're not going to be an early-round pick and you're going to go late, are you satisfied that that's okay? And for running backs like that, they usually get pushed down for that reason. So uh, I'm not going to you know, debate your be one way or the other, but I think the other two going back wouldn't be a bad thing. David Hood followed by Anthony with the Crichton. Mel, kind of uh, piggybacking on what Susan said there, with Deshaun sliding into that second, third-round area, would you suggest that, that he come back for a senior season, or is he ready to come out? And then same thing with their junior running back, Wayne Gallman. Where does he kind of fit in with this draft, and, and would he benefit from an extra year? You know, I think with Deshaun Watson, I think he's everything you hear suggests he's going to be coming out. So, you know, you have to view him as an NFL-ready quarterback, and I think, you know, there's going to be some work involved there. 
um, getting him to a point where in another year or so he can be a starting quarterback. Now, you say, well, look at Dak Prescott. He was a fourth-round pick, and look what he's done. Well, that was a perfect scenario with a great offensive line and a running back and an offense and a team that everything was in place for him. And he was a fifth-year senior. Okay, he was a fifth-year senior. So was Carson Wentz. You're coming out early like Watson is. Um, you know, you look at that and you say, you know, based on the year he had, uh, like I said, some decision-making, some you know, accuracy issues, um, you know, it'll, it'll take a little bit of time. Gallman's ready and running backs are ready. Running backs have always said they play as well as a rookie as they will as, and more better than they will as a five-year guy. That's just the only position you can say you'll be as good as a rookie maybe as you'll ever be. The other positions, you're going to get better. But at running back, you get the best out of these kids. The first three years are in the league. And, uh, and right now, Gallman's the seventh-highest rated running back. And I think he's got a, a, a solid future ahead. I have right now a third-round grade on him. Angelique with the Detroit News is next, followed by Nick Baumgartner with MLive Media Group. Mel, uh, more Michigan stuff, of course. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you spoke highly of Peppers, and a lot of people do, and and, and a couple questions real quick. What What is it about Peppers that separates himself in your mind and what makes him so special? And you touched on uh, on Wormley and, and, and Taco and Glasgow, and, and I was wondering if you could offer some more specifics on those guys. Thanks, Mel. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we need probably in the half an hour, Angelique. We know how to try to get through this as quickly. What you can do is always check back with me, and I can give you more on those guys than, you know, than have everybody you know, waiting a half an hour for one team because we can go through so many players with Michigan. But I think in terms of what you're talking about with Peppers, every defensive coordinator is not, not going to fit what they're doing. So there's going to be some in the league that are going to say, ah, you know, that's too high to put him up in the top five, top ten. Others will say, hey, he's Dayon Buchanan. He's perfect for what we want. He's uh, you know, Sua Cravens, Dayon Buchanan, that type of player. So there's a role in certain defenses with Peppers that won't be with others. So everybody's, some players, everybody's either going to like or not. This is a case where some will, some won't, because he's not going to fit what everybody does, and they won't be able to creatively find a way to maximize all that talent. So I still think he's in the top 10, top 15 overall. But I think you know, if you talk to certain people, they might say that's too high, and it would be for that reason. Uh, and I think they're going to have so many players. Like I said, check back with me on individual stuff because, uh, like I said, we could go on for hours on these kids. Nick Baumgartner followed by John Wilner with the San Jose News. Hey, Mel, i got one more Michigan question. James Chesson uh, had a big year last year. Is he still uh, – what's your, what's your rate on him? Well, Darbo, I think, you know, came through and then made some plays. He had some drops, but he made the big plays, and Chesson wasn't – he started off higher than Darbo, and then Chesson fell back. Darbo moved ahead. So, you know, both those kids are going to play in the NFL. Uh, I think Darbo right now, with his speed and the way he played this year, even though he did lack a little consistency and had a few drops, uh, I think he's a kid goes maybe in that third-round mix and Chesson shortly thereafter. But I think both those kids are very similar in terms of grade. And as I said, I had a higher grade on Chesson going into the year. John Wilner, followed by Antonio Morales with the Clarion Ledger. Thanks, Mel. Given today's NFL, do you think McCaffrey's versatility will expand the number of teams that are interested in him or shrink the number? I think it's going to expand. I think it will expand significantly the number of teams that want Christian McCaffrey because that's what this league's all about now. I mean, you know, as a primary punt returner, he did the job. Kick returner, he did the job. He catches the ball out of the backfield. He had 37 catches this past year. Uh, he had 45 as a junior. 
Uh, this kid averaged almost nine yards of punt return last year, almost 11 or 10 yards this year. Uh, you know, he's averaged six three a carry this year, six yards a carry last year. He gets touchdowns. He's got a great work ethic, good body lean when he runs. Uh, no, I think it helps him. I think he's a major asset. This is all around talent. That's what's got that. He's a versatile dual threat, multi threat. Bloodlines are tremendous. Loves the game. Like I said, extremely hard worker. Um, NFL loves versatile players. They love versatility. And I think uh, he can beat you and he can help you win in a multitude of ways. So when you got a guy like that, uh, that's why he's a first-round pick, in my opinion. Antonio Morales, followed by Rachel Lindsay with Land of Ten. Hey, Mel, I just want to get your, your thoughts on how much do you think Chad Kelly's knee injury will impact him in this draft? And how do you feel about where guys like Evan Ingram and DeMaurier Stringfellow fit in uh, for this draft? Well, I think the injury obviously affects him because uh, you know, I want to go through the process healthy. Um, you know, I think when you look at, at Chad Kelly right now, I would put him probably you know, in a year like this. and You could have him anywhere between the seventh highest rated quarterback and the twelfth. Uh, having Antonio Pipkin from Tiffin in there at number nine. So, you, you know, you could, had he stayed healthy, I think he would have been solidly and be one of the top ten quarterbacks. Uh, right now I have a day three grade on him, strength fellow, depending upon how he works out. Uh, that's going to be important for him to wow you over during his workout. If he does, he could be in the middle round mix. Engram, you know, he's a, he's a wide receiver. He, you know, he's not going to help you with the blocking. He's the kind of guy that in this league, uh, there's a place for him. Uh, I'd probably say more third or fourth round, but Engram, one of many that H-back type, that move tight end that you can uh, utilize as kind of a glorified wide receiver. There's a role for a player like that in the NFL these days. And like I said, I think third or fourth round is a distinct possibility with him. Rachel Lindsay, followed by Mark Wisner with the Athens Banner Herald. Now, why do you project Jabril uh, Peppers at safety and not at linebacker? And how will his versatility help him if he goes to the NFL? Well, he is a linebacker. I mean, he's kind of a combo. He's like a Dayom Buchanan type that you play in the box, and he can match you up in coverage. Uh, you know, in this league now, you're, you're not defining position. It used to be free, strong. So it's, not the, it's not the NFL of the 1980s and 90s and early 2000s. It's a different league now. So, you know, the roles are different. The type of player that you need now is different than you needed then. So, you know, this is a kid who can do a lot of things for you in the right defense. And like I said, a coordinator that feels that he can be that fill that type of role, as opposed to being a safety and maybe having an issue here and there, or maybe being a true linebacker. So I think the role that he plays in the NFL with his versatility will fit certain people and won't fit others. Uh, and he also can help you out in the punt return game. He's dynamic there. So uh, yeah, I think he's going to go high. It's just that, like I say, you're not going to get a consensus built on a player like that. It's going to happen when Dalen Buchanan came out. A lot of people didn't have him in the first round. Arizona took him, and he's been a really good player for them. I think if you asked a lot of teams, they would have said that was too high. But for them, it was perfect. Mark Weiser, followed by Chad Bishop with WBKO Television. No, I want to ask you about uh, Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle, where they fit into your running backs if they chose to go to the uh, NFL, and then the uh, underclassmen on defense, and uh, Dominique Sanders, Davin Bellamy, Lorenzo Carter. Yeah, I think Carter, another year, is going to really help him. I think Carter is the kind of guy with his pass rush, but he flashed. Uh, you can see what he can do off the edge. Uh, and same thing with Sanders in the secondary. So I think another year would help them. Um, you know, I think there's no question about that uh, in terms of where they'll end up. Uh, and in terms of Michelle, I would I'd say, hey, be the main guy uh, and go back and, and same with Chubb. I mean, Chubb's the kind of guy coming off the injury, looked great early, kind of fell back a little bit. Uh, wasn't as, as, as big time or dynamic as you thought he would be 
considering all these running backs were, were, were playing great football week in and week out, it kind of pushed him down a little bit, where he's not right now in the top ten running back group. So, you know, you can say come out. My attitude with coming out is are you going to be okay if you drop a little bit? And you say a lot of kids are like, hey, I, I know I can play, just give me a chance, and I don't care where I go. Others say, well, I'd better go here or I'm not going to be happy. If that's the case, you go back, because I don't think Chubb or Michelle have maximized their grade yet, and another year may allow that to happen. This year it didn't allow it to happen. So I would say if you look at it that way, you, you, you make a decision. If you're happy with being just a, a fourth, fifth-round pick, third-round pick, and you know you can play, you come out. If you're not, you want to try to help yourself and help your stock, you go back for another year. Chad Bishop, followed by Matt Shodell with canesport.com. Hey, Mel, just your thoughts on Forrest Lamp and Taewon Taylor out of WKU. I've done actually a little write-up on them and uh, on ESPN.com the last two Sundays. You know, Forrest Lamp I did two weeks ago, and I did Taewon Taylor this past a week as an under-the-radar guy. Uh, so first of all, the Lamp, the left tackle, you know, been very durable from the majority of his career. Uh, the injury this past year, but you know, this this season. But as far as uh, you know, his skill set, he's he's a perfect guard. Uh, you know, he's already been able to handle the left tackle spot. He's been able to get the job done in pass protection. He moves defenders. Uh, he's got real good position technique. Uh, he's, a, he's a tremendous veteran. He's had all that experience. I'd take I'd take a guy like Forrest Lamp in the second round, no question about that. And uh, for me, Taewon Taylor, I think the same thing. I think you get into that. I wouldn't say second, I'd say more third, fourth round. But you just look at this past week's game. Uh, he can get down the field. He's got a real good ability to make the over-the-shoulder catch, good hand-eye coordination. Uh, he's tough. He's got some, some quickness out of his break. Uh, I like him as a third, I could say a third, fourth round type of pick with Lamp more of a second. Matt Shodell, followed by Joe Giglio with New Jersey Advanced Media. Um, yeah, you mentioned Kaya Najoko and Yerby. Can you also talk about where you see some other Hurricanes going, like Stacey Coley, Cornelder, Danny Sedora, and maybe even Jamal Carter and Rayshon Jenkins? Yeah, I think in terms of the ones you mentioned, uh, the two that are most intriguing in that group are Coley and Elder. Uh, Coley right now is my eighth highest rated receiver of the draft eligible guys. And uh, he's smooth. Uh, he gets in and out of his, uh, of his break very well. Uh, he's become consistent for the most part. Uh, I think if he tests well, he, he could be a guy you think about maybe – say late day two, early day three, and Elder is a nickelback. I mean, the kids, you know, he shows up. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's got ability. And I think in this league, we see what Tavon Young's doing as a fourth-round pick in Baltimore. I see some similarities to a Tavon Young. Came out of Temple. Some people thought he'd go second or third, went to fourth. He's been one of the top 20 rookies in the NFL this year with the Baltimore Ravens. So I think Elder's got a chance in this league as a nickel-dime guy to be a, uh, a kid who helps you on day three of the draft. Joe, with New Advanced Media, followed by Matthew Stevens with the Montgomery Advertiser. Mel, the Jets careening towards the top of the draft, which you mentioned here, there's not really that quarterback, especially with Trubisky with such limited uh, experience mm-hmm. for a top of the draft type of guy. Mm-hmm. If the Jets don't go quarterback high in the draft, what, what do you think makes sense for them? Well, I think when you look at the Jets right now, that would be something that you have to think about is, okay, you know, do you just stretch it for a quarterback? Do you just take a chance? After taking Sanchez, I don't think they would. But, you know, you know I'm hoping Trubisky doesn't even come out. So there wouldn't be a quarterback at that point to consider. And they drafted Hackenberg last year in the second round. Are they going to give up one? Are they going to keep trying to develop him? We knew he would have to be redshirted this year. You knew that. Uh, after coming off those two questionable years, uh, you know, disappointing years, uh, after having that great freshman campaign. See, I think when you draft Hackenberg, you don't come back and draft another quarterback unless he's spectacular. And this year is not one of those guys. Like I said, Trubisky next year could be. 
He could, like I said, could be the number one pick overall. But this year, with only 13 career starts, that's not the case. Just continue to build up. I think to build up the line, uh, do you look at, at alignment too early there for anybody? Do you look at a, a receiving entity too early there as well? Uh, you know, a guy I really like is Reuben Foster. I think Reuben Foster is one of the best players in this draft in any position. That will allow you to do some things with Darren Lee. Uh, so I think Reuben Foster uh, would be somebody that, for me, like I talked about, everybody said, well, Jack Conklin was your favorite player last year. Yes, he was. One of the, I talked about him glowingly all year. I've been saying the same things about Foster all year. He's a great player at Alabama. I have number four on the big board right now, and he's spectacular. Matthew Stevens followed by Patrick Brown with the Times Free Press. Mel, when you look at the top two players from Auburn, Carl Lawson and Montrevious Adams, is the most important thing for Lawson maybe the medical and the physical? And then for Montrevious Adams, how do teams justify his take from his freshman, sophomore, and junior year because it's just not the same player you saw this year in his senior year? That's true, and that's uh, again. That's why you think people say, "Well, first round." I know. I mean, you put it all together. It is a body of work, but it is the peak at the right time, and put it all together at the right time. You say, "Well, why didn't that happen up until this point?" That, that's the question. That's that's why in the second round, as I said, second, third round area. That's when you look at a player like that who's really put it together and had some wow games this year. I mean, his stock rose this year. Uh, there's no question about that. So, and in terms of Lawson, it is about that. It's about durability. It's about being on the field. And a long remember, this season's a lot longer in college. And you have had trouble staying on the field at Auburn So with these injuries. So uh, to me, Lawson, when he's healthy, if he can stay healthy, is a great football player. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a force to be reckoned with. I mean, the way he comes off that edge, he gets a little bend, uses his hands well, and gets off of that offensive attack, gets off blocks in the run game. Uh, to me, he's a first-round caliber player that may get pushed to the second round because of the durability concern. Patrick Brown, followed by Ryan Dunleavy with NewJersey.com. Thanks, Mel. I wanted to ask you about a, a trade of Tennessee Vols. First, where do uh, Derek Barnett and, and Alvin Kamara kind of stack up at their respective positions, and how do you assess both those juniors? And secondly, uh, how do you evaluate Josh Dobbs, and do you think he can be a, an NFL quarterback? I'd have Dobbs more as an undrafted free, late rounder, undrafted free agent uh, that will have to battle his way into a camp and then see what happens. Uh, you know, uh, I don't see him in the first five, six rounds, maybe seventh round, undrafted free agent type. Kamara. Uh, you know, I think as a guy, as a situational type, you know, guy that you can use as the number two guy, you know, with his versatility, uh, you know, maybe in the fifth round area, fourth, fifth round area for him. Derek Barnett's a special pass rusher, so pass rushers are going to go. Uh, he's 10 on a big board. I expect him to be an early to mid first round pick. So and it's a shame that Jalen Reeves Maven got hurt. He's still a, a really good linebacker and has a chance certainly to be a, a, a productive player in the NFL. He's always eight right now on the board as far as outside linebackers are concerned. Ryan Dunleavy, NewJersey.com. Hey, Mel, I wanted to ask about uh, Rutgers guy, Janarian Grant, who hasn't uh, declared or not yet, mm-hmm. still making up his mind. But uh, most of his damage has been as a return man, plays a little receiver. Uh, where is he, you know, is he a draftable player in this? What, what's your evaluation? Of him? Well, once he gets checked out uh, from the medical standpoint, sure. I mean, with his return skills, that's going to be the big plus for him. We saw that happen this year in terms of teams drafting guys that had that re- the unique return ability. So that's going to be his, uh, his position of strength going in. And if it is enough to, like say, when you put it all together, by the time we get into the whole evaluation process, he could be a fifth, sixth, seventh round type pick. Unfortunately, that is all the time that we have today. Sincere thanks to the media members on the line and to Mel for your time. There will be plenty more NFL draft calls in the future, so thanks for your interest, and we look forward to helping you again. 
As a reminder, the audio replay will be available via ESPN's Pod Center page on ESPN.com. Have a great rest of the week. Thank you.